Oh, wow. Thank you. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Good, good. It's so great to see all of you. Um, like she said, my name is Sarah, and it's just such an honor to get to be here today um, and talk about something that is really near and dear to my heart, which is first impressions. And over the last few years, getting to serve in this capacity in the local church has really opened my eyes uh, to see the importance of it and how it can really impact our guests as they come into our churches. And so we are just going to kind of talk about it today. And I would love at the end, if we reserved a little time for kind of Q&A, maybe we could. I usually learn the best in a group setting because I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. I'm going to I'm going to take that idea that you just said, and I'm going to try it. You know, you kind of learn from one another. And um, I told my husband, I said, I hope I don't talk too quickly because I'm, what I'm used to is like a Sunday morning with the First Impressions team and we huddle for like five minutes and then we're done, you know, and then we go. So if I wrap this up in five minutes, does anyone know any good jokes or I might need a little help, but no, I'll try really hard not to do that. Um, so again, thank you so much for being here. It's an honor. So we'll just kind of jump right in. We, each of us in this room, and the people in our churches represent what the Bible describes as the body of Christ. Each of us working together to fulfill the mission of Jesus. Would you agree? All right. So as we assemble our teams to welcome guests into God's house, we play a vital role in that mission. So it's important to start off today and make sure that you know that you matter, that your first impressions teams matter. It's very, very important. So whether you're a pastor in this room, a lay leader, a volunteer, understanding the important role that hospitality plays in the church is crucial. The things we will discuss are things I've learned over the past few years, things I've read, things I've studied and picked up as we've kind of gone along. Um, serving and leading the First Impressions teams at Emmanuel Christian Center has truly been one of the greatest honors. Met the most incredible people who have done the hard work to cultivate a heart of hospitality and just really seen life change, you know, from the parking lot in the lobbies. It's just really been incredible. Um, and the goal of these next handful of moments together is to talk about kind of three things. It's a little forecast of what's to come. Um, we'll kind of bring it back to the basics. Like, we're in the people business, so we need to know what do people want? Uh, wh why do first impressions matter in the local church? Two, how to cultivate that heart of hospitality. And three, how do we remain on mission? Um, so we'll start with a story. So my husband and I, it was a couple years ago, we were going to go out for dinner, and it was kind of in the season where you were, you know, calling your order in and then picking it up and, and bringing it home. Anyone like to do that? A few of us. Good. Okay, good. Well, he said, what do you want to eat? And I said, I really want some chicken wings. You know, like, I'm not hard to please. Like, just give me some good chicken wings. And he said, well, let's try a new, a new place. And of course, I'm like, I, I don't know. I like the place that we normally go to. Like, I'm a little nervous to try something new. I'm really hungry, but okay, we'll try a, try a new place. All right, so we had to call ahead. I placed the order. We pull up to the restaurant, and I can see through the window. I can see the people working, and I let them know, hey, we're here. And they said, all right, when your order is ready, we'll notify you, so please just stay in your car. Fine. Okay, so we're in the car, you know, talking, you know, just waiting and, and waiting and, and waiting. 
and I'm looking, I'm looking through the window and I can see, I can see like, I can see food coming out. I can see customers going in and leaving with their food. I can see food just like sitting on the counter. And I'm just beginning to really go to a negative space in my mind. I don't know, anyone ever get hangry? You know what that is? You see, wow, everyone resonates with that. Okay, it's the combination of being hungry and then angry, hangry. Okay, so I'm there, okay? And I'm like, you know what? This is gonna be terrible. Like, I, we shouldn't have tried a new place. Um, they're probably not gonna call and let us know. It's probably our food that's sitting on the counter and getting colder. You know, they probably didn't even get the order right. I'm, you know, I don't ever want to come back here. Had I even tried the food yet? No. And just a side note, I did go in, and sure enough, my food was sitting on the counter. But that's besides the point, okay? I'm still trying to get over it. So this session is not on forgiveness, so uh, <laughs> it's good. Um, but why, why do I tell that story? I tell that story because what happened to me that evening at that chicken wing joint can so often be the experience of our guests that come to our churches. If we don't get things right on the front end of the experience, we do not set up the rest of the experience to win. Expectations begin to plummet. So just a couple examples. Let's say a guest pulls up to your parking lot and it's just really not even clear, like where do I park? I don't know. Uh, and then when they come to the door, it's like, I, I don't know, there's no signage. Is this the door I go in? And there might be a greeter, but they're kind of like haphazardly greeting, so they don't really get the eye contact, okay? So I don't know, did I come in the wrong door? Um, let's see, uh, the bathrooms are kind of dirty, uh, the coffee stinks, and, and the nursery worker is grumpy. Okay, well, what happens is, in the mind of that guest, before they've even stepped foot in the sanctuary, this is the expectation dive. Okay, well, that's not been great. I bet this worship is going to be terrible. They're probably going to sing off key. And uh, the, the pastor, I bet he spits when he preaches, and he's going to be super long-winded, and it probably won't be um, biblically sound anyway. And you know what? I'm not going to try this again next week. Yes? Okay. All right. So it is important how we set things up on the front end. As a first impressions team, what we want to do is we want to build anticipation for what's going to happen in the service. We do not want to be a roadblock to it. We want to build anticipation, like, oh my goodness, you, you are not going to regret coming here today. Just wait. God's got something so incredible for you. When we offer a great first impression, that's what we help do in the hearts of the people as they prepare to receive. A great welcome matters, and it does not just happen. That moment is created with great intentionality. You've probably heard it said, that people will decide whether or not they're going to return to your church within the first few minutes of being on site. Anyone heard that? Okay, so let me ask you this. What happens in the first handful of minutes of someone coming to your church? Is it worship, preaching, and powerful prayer time at the altar, or is it parking lots, lobbies, bathrooms, coffee, kids check-in? Okay, so if we know that it's that, then it is time to take a good 
strong look at the first impression experience that we are giving our guests. Bring it back to the basics here. So because we are in the people business, I mean, I always joke, but in the ministry, you know, when you serve, you can't get around the people. Sorry. You know, like even if some days you're like, I just have had enough of people. Nah, ministry is people, okay? So you can't get around them. Can't go over them. Can't go. You know, you got it. You got it. You're face to face with the people and they're beautiful and it's wonderful, but it can be a lot. But if we're in the people business, I have learned that there are three, three things that people want. One, they want a product without defect. A product without defect. Two, they want timeliness. And three, and if we don't get this third one right, the first two don't even matter, they want the person with whom they're dealing to be nice to them. A product without defect timeliness and the person with whom they're dealing to be nice to them. So it's really as simple and as deeply profound as that. And here's the key. These moments like I'm talking about, they don't just happen and I don't need to tell you that. You know how much work it takes to assemble a team to to create that moment. What matters and how we get to that point is by doing these things with excellence. Excellence matters. Why? I do not say that we need to be uh, excellent in our hospitality so people can say, wow, you're excellent. No, that was a joke, guys. You okay? Okay, thanks. Okay, no, I don't say, hey, we need to be excellent because we want to be known as like the most excellent ever. No, do you know that when you serve with excellence, it creates comfort for your guest? Excellence creates comfort. Also, the one whom we represent is excellent. He is excellent. He is worthy of our very best. So excellence creates comfort for our guests. And I don't know about you, but I want people, especially lost people, to feel comfortable, comfortable in church. Amen? We actually can elevate the dignity of our guests by serving with excellence. So what does that mean? That means when your parking lot team sets up those cones and they put the flags up and they wave people into a spot with a smile on their face, do you know what that does? That creates so much comfort for the new family that had to use Google Maps all the way to church because they're unfamiliar. As soon as they pull on the lot, they're like, whoa, okay, thank you, okay? That means that when your greeters not only hold the door open for a guest, but they host that guest over to the coffee shop and say, hey, let's get you a latte, and then they walk them through kids' check-in process, that means that that new family doesn't have to use up all their mental capacity just to get through the gauntlet of things that they have to get through to get to the sanctuary. What that means is sanctuary hosts or ushers who help people find a seat that helps a guest avoid the embarrassment of going into a section of a sanctuary, looking, oh, hi, looking, oh, I don't know where to sit, I'm gonna go, okay? When our ushers and our hosts say, hi, good morning, how many? Okay, two of you, great, come this way. I'd love to find you the best seat in the house. 
that avoids the embarrassment of walking around like a sore thumb, like I'm the new guy, <laughs> I don't know where to sit, okay? Excellence creates comfort and we can elevate the dignity of our guests by serving with excellence. Also, when we serve with excellence, what happens is our offstage message complements the onstage message. It doesn't contradict it, okay? So I believe that at our churches, people are hearing the good news of Jesus and how he is a loving God and he is for you and you are a part of the family and we want you here and, 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 but if their experience didn't reflect that, we've become a roadblock rather than cheerleaders along the way. We can complement what's being preached on the platform rather than contradict it. These are some things that I like to say to my team every Sunday. One is, every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. That's what we filter everything through. Hey guys, every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. Let us not forget that. This is another really good one, okay? Write this one down. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do that for the one. Because it's never just the one, it always ripples. It always ripples. You see, those that come to our churches, they're not just attenders, they're our guests. And it's like, you think about what you do when you invite someone into your home. You know, when you invite someone into your home to spend time with them, maybe have a meal with them, you're going to let them know the date to come over and what time to be there. Okay, so is it, is, it clear, is it clear to know where your church is and what time service starts? How many have dealt with those that have come in the doors and they're like, your website says this and it's wrong? Uh, ouch. Yeah, okay, so when you invite someone in your home, you're like, hey, come over at this time. You let them know a great spot for you to park out in front of the house is right here. You're watching for them out the window, right? You've left the light on. You greet them at the door. You say, I'm so glad that you made it. We've been looking forward to having you. Can I take your coat? Would you like something to drink before the meal? Come on over here. We have a place for you. This is where you can sit. Okay, how much more so should we be intentional when we are hosting and welcoming people into God's house? It's the same thing. You know, it's super fun for me uh, watching our teams and watching, uh, you know, it's, isn't it fun when you see people like starting to get it and you're like, oh, I see you like loving people in this way. You see that it matters. Uh, one, one example, and I go back to this one all the time, but it was a few years ago and something really terrible happened um, at church. We ran out of coffee. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not, you guys. I thought, well, people just think we should just close up shop now. Like it was a big deal. Like, how could you run out of coffee? You know, I mean, I was like, oh, help me, Lord. Okay, so what was interesting is there's one of our uh, lead volunteers that said, you know, I see this as an issue, but I'm going to look at it as an opportunity. And it was the craziest thing. He started taking people's coffee order. He's like, ma'am, I know we're out of coffee, but we're brewing more now. Let me know where you're going to be seated in the sanctuary, and I'd love to bring you a cup to your seat. I didn't tell him to do that. So he's like, okay, uh, you want a couple regular? You'd like decaf, two cream, one sugar? You got it. 
sure enough, there he is. He's just going in, and he's like, here you go, here you go. And I love that. No, it didn't, it didn't fix the fact that we did not plan enough coffee, and we, we did run out. But man, those, those guests will never forget that. But you know what happened? There was a greeter, and they brought me coffee to my seat. Wow, hospitality matters here. It was so, so fun. Another one, uh, someone that serves in the parking lot every Sunday. And he said, Sarah, you know what? Right next to our church is a tall apartment building. He said, there's a woman that walks across the parking lot every Sunday morning, never intending to come inside, but she walks across the parking lot to the gas station to get the newspaper. And he said, you know what I love to do is I love to walk with her. And so I walk with her across the parking lot. Now I know her name. I know about her kids and her family. And she always asks me to pray. And he brings the prayer requests in to our team huddle, and we're able to pray. And I thought, you know what? He, his goal isn't to get her, would you just come in the building? No. He's being hospitable out in the parking lot, showing the love of Jesus to a woman who's uh, every Sunday morning going to get her paper. And she's receiving uh, the love of God through someone saying, I see an opportunity. Um, last, there's a couple that actually started coming to our church through a conference. And so they were just coming to attend a conference. It was a few years ago. And they received such a great welcome. Literally, it was a Saturday. And they said, this is going to be my church home. And they came the next Sunday. And they haven't missed a Sunday since. And not only that, they serve on the First Impressions team because they're like, the welcome that I received changed everything for me. And now I want to be a part of that for other people. And I don't know about you, but the people that serve like by the doors or in the parking lot in the climate that we live in, I'm always like, I, are you good? You're, you like this? <laughs> okay, you're amazing, you know? And what they do is they say, you know what, we love to be at this door because we're learning names, and it's amazing to see the look on people's faces when I call them by name. That may be the first time someone's done that all week, cared enough to know your name and look you in the eyes. So they come with their hats and their parkas and their snow pants and their gloves, and they're just, that, there's nowhere else they'd rather be. That's catching the heart of it. That's more than filling a role. It's pretty awesome. So that kind of leads me into this next point. If we understand that first impressions matter, I think one of the biggest things then is to say, okay, but how do we get our people to catch that? How do we, what do we have to do to grasp onto that and to do it at its fullest potential? Well, I would say we have to cultivate a heart of hospitality in order to serve God and his people in this way. This is kind of it right here. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. We look at scripture, okay? Jesus, the most hospitable leader, the best example, which is something so much that I love about him. He's the best example for us, and you can read it in scripture. Okay, we even look at how Jesus showed hospitality to his disciples the night he was betrayed. In John 13, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Judas Iscariot to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper, and he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. 
that just wrecks me. Hospitality is an act of love. Knowing that the hour had come, knowing what was before him, he chose to humble himself and do one of the most hospitable acts that was like one that like a servant would do for people when they came in. Wash your feet from the dusty travels. And he said, I'm going to do that for my followers. That's incredible right there. That is the example that Jesus places before us. You can look at your own life. Think about the goodness of the Lord in your life, the great lengths that he has gone to on your behalf, the fact that he calls us his own, that he has chosen us. One of the most effective ways that I've learned that we can begin to cultivate a heart of hospitality is to remember. To remember the goodness of God in our life. Reflect on it. Settle our hearts and our minds on the character of Jesus. How he was always, when he walked this earth, always for people. Always. How he didn't come to be served, but to serve, and how he spent time with people. See, Jesus was always coming upon situations, and then because he was there, he left them better than how he found them. And we can reflect the love of Jesus by leaving situations better than how we find them. And we look at really practical ways. And this is stuff that I'm telling my team all the time. Listen, when we serve in God's house and we host people in God's house and we welcome them in, we take full ownership of that. So I always say, you see trash on the floor? What we don't do is say, where is that custodian? (laughs) You can never find him when I need him, you know? Where is... No. Oh, easily done. I always say, well, I feel like every church has hand sanitizer like around every corner now, so it's like, it's okay, you can wash your hands right after. Okay, so we see trash on the floor, we pick it up. Easily done. We see a wet counter in the restroom. Oh, easily done. I can grab some paper towel. I can wipe that up. We see a downtrodden, discouraged person walk through the door. In that moment, we allow encouragement and love to flow freely. We don't hold it back. We serve a hot cup of coffee on a cold winter day. We hold a door open for a flustered parent so she can you know, get all of her kids in. We can leave situations better than how we found them as God works in and through our hospitality in supernatural ways. We throw open our arms and we celebrate and we clap when people come. We say, hey, we've been expecting you. Guys, we should never be surprised when a new person comes to our church. That's awkward, okay? We're so happy you're here, and we've actually prepared for you to be here, and we're celebrating that you're here. When we welcome people into God's house, listen to this, we welcome them in, and it's a representation of how Jesus has welcomed each of us into a personal relationship with him. It's a beautiful reflection of that. And I'm telling you, There are systems, and there are fun ideas, and there's a ton of creativity and first impressions, but it is a heart issue at the very base. You must cultivate a heart of hospitality, and that is the foundation. You see, people come into our churches, and again, I feel like a lot of this, you're nodding, you understand it. This isn't new stuff, but you see people come into your churches week in and week out, and they have been so jaded by the world and they are carrying the weight of things they were never meant to carry, and they come in, and the walls around their heart are all built up. 
And I'm telling you, intentionality in first impressions, you begin to see wall by wall start to come down. There's something so comforting about being handed a warm cup of coffee. Wow, thank you. Being, you look someone in the eyes and you say, I, I see you, I'm so glad you're here. These, each of these moments, they're little moments built together that make a huge impact, that ripple. Walls start coming down. We get to help tend to the soil of the people's hearts before they step into the sanctuary to receive. It's really incredible. So when we think on Jesus and his great example, all he has done, that is the foundation where a heart of hospitality is cultivated from. This is something that I, I always tell my team when I think of you, I think of you standing out in the lobby and in the parking lot at the sanctuary doors, and I picture you just like standing in, in a river, like it's about knee deep. And they're like, we're not tracking, keep going, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, what I mean is this. When we begin to think about the goodness of the Lord and how hospitable he is and his great love for humanity and broken people and just how much he longs for them to know him, we start to think about, oh God, you are so good, and Lord, what you've done in my life, you've changed everything for me. How could I keep it to myself, right? It's almost like worship starts, and then it fills your hearts up to overflowing, and that is where I like to see first impressions coming from, out of the overflow. We think on him, we focus on him, we reflect on him, and it starts to bubble up to overflowing, and it just fills the whole church, and then your team steps out, and it's out of the overflow that we get to welcome people in. Not out of a place of obligation, not out of a place of like a fake platitude, like fake perfection. Nobody needs that. That's not helping us. But out of a place of overflow. It's out of the overflow of the heart that we get to serve. So we say, Lord, you've been so good to me, and I couldn't keep it to myself. It's my honor to stand on the outside and welcome people in so they too can experience your goodness. Because here's the deal, left to our own devices, if we're being super honest, we're, we're creatures of habit and of comfort. And I sincerely don't think that any of us wanna be that church or those types of Christians that are too self-absorbed to even see the lost person right in front of us. We don't want that, but I'm telling you, it's a slow drift. We're constantly going back to what's comfortable. This is my comfort zone and I like to be in it. And what we have to do, the hard heart work, is to say, nope, I'm going to step, I'm going to step out of that. And I'm going to have eyes to see the outsider. Think about that. The fact that people come into our churches and they feel like they're on the outside should really break our hearts. That's heartbreaking. Because they're not, they're, they're in, baby. They're in. They're a part of the family. But they don't know it. And it's not always easy to tell when you walk into a church. So it's important to do the hard heart work to constantly bring yourself back to the mission, okay? So what takes constant heart work is to put on eyes of compassion and to look to see the one that feels like they're on the outside. So I implore you, it's so, so important. It is vital to know the why behind what we get to do as First Impressions teams, and we have to keep it in front of ourselves and our people. I've heard it said this way, if you remember the why, you'll remember the way. Remember when you were new? You ever walked into a situation where you're like, hi, I don't know anyone. 
and you think about the person or the group of people that brought you in and made you feel welcome, maybe it was at your church, remember that moment. It's good to remember that moment. That kind of brings us into our third and final point. We've learned, we know, first impressions matter. It's not just an afterthought, you guys. It is a big deal in your church. Two, we've got to cultivate the heart of hospitality. And then three, we must remain on mission. I've learned that there are a lot of factors that make a first impressions team successful, but there are two that I want to focus on in this moment. One, a successful first impressions team is one that understands the spiritual impact of what they are doing. They know their why. And two, a successful first impressions team is an equipped team. So the spiritual. Most of the time when we serve in first impressions or we're asking people to serve in the realm of first impressions, we are not in the sanctuary to experience the dynamic worship and the preaching and the powerful altar moments. No, we're, we're waiting for all the late people. It's okay. Anyone else have a late arriving culture at their church? Thanks, Jordan. Okay. Same church. Okay, all right. Right? But those people matter, right? They, they, don't, they can't walk into a church where everyone's gone into the sanctuary and they're like, hello? Hello? Right? Okay. So, but because of that, we're often, we're in the parking lots, we're in the lobbies, we're serving coffee, we're getting families checked in, okay? So really what first impressions kind of sometimes can look like is like helping clean up a spilled cup of coffee, dealing with interesting personalities. Is that how we say it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We deal with interesting personalities. We greet some people that walk right by us. Like, okay. Super, all right? It's standing out in the cold. It's tidying up a bathroom. It's helping people through frustrations or directing people throughout your building. It doesn't always feel like the most spiritual thing. Can we be honest? It is important when you're serving and you're with the First Impressions team to keep the spiritual aspect, the fruit, in front of them. So share with your teams, hey, this is how many water baptisms happened last week. You guys did such a great job hosting all those people and all their families and friends who came to be a part of their big day. We had so many water baptisms. Here's how many salvations happened. This is so great. Have a file where you keep testimonies and stories that you can share. If someone calls into the church and they say, hey, I've never felt at home like I felt being at your church. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but man, I can't wait to come back. You better share that with your team. Share the wins, share the spiritual impact, the fruit. Uh, it, it's so important and it keeps people moving forward. Let them know, hey, you know what we get to do? We're, we're literally working hand in hand with the pastor, okay? We're, we're setting that up for success. We're, it's important, this, this is vital, and here's what's going on and here's the fruit from it, okay? So it's important that we do that, that they know the spiritual impact. It's got to be more than hype. I, I get real hyped on a Sunday, okay? I got people in here that are on my team. I'm not joking. I'm not saying you shouldn't be hyped because I get really excited about first impressions. I stand on chairs and like, it's just a whole thing, but it has to be more than hype, even more than passion because you can be hyped and passionate and then that like fades away after a few times. You're like, oh, this isn't really any fun anymore. I'm out of here, right? Okay, so it's good to be excited, but there has to be more than just passion and hype. It's purpose, 
It's beyond passion. It's purpose. It's purpose that unites you. It's purpose that helps you be in it for the long haul. It's purpose. Um, like I said, uh, at these huddle times, I have to laugh because I think it's my favorite moment of like a Sunday is these team huddles. And I, when I walk out of the team huddles and we're like, all right, let's go out there and welcome people in. I think when I lead those huddles, I'm like not even touching the ground. I'm kind of like soaring a little bit like, yeah, we're going to go change the world for Jesus in the lobbies. You know, like this is going to happen. We're going to have healings and like prayer and we're going to just make people feel so welcome. Wouldn't you know it? I walk out of the, the huddle. And the first person comes up to me, oh, Pastor Sarah, I have a complaint. All of a sudden, I'm like, I feel my feet hit the ground, you know. Pop the balloon. All the confetti's falling, you know. Okay, and so I listen, and you know, it's just so great when you're in the lobbies. You get to hear so many things. And so I just like, thank you so much. I'm going to write that down. I really appreciate you sharing. And I stuck that in my back pocket. And then I thought, you know what? I know why I'm here. I'm not here to people, please, even though that's a big temptation. I am here for a greater purpose. And so I got a running start, and I just kept going. Okay, that's the thing, is is purpose will carry you because you do get to deal with a lot of special things in the lobbies. We all know. We all know we could share stories, but we probably shouldn't. So, all right. So one really effective thing that we have done as a team is we have created a mission statement for our First Impressions team that lives under the umbrella of our overall church mission statement. It is something that's real tangible that we can grab hold of as a team. And that mission is show them Jesus. Show them Jesus. In every single act of hospitality, we aim to show people Jesus. They likely won't remember our names. And you know what? That's great. You don't need to know that it was Sarah that greeted you. Our prayer is that through our hospitality, as we welcome, as we love people, they would, though, sense the love of a Heavenly Father. Even if they're like, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, we know God is always at work. And so in everything we do, from the parking lot to the pew, we show people Jesus. Okay. So a successful team is one that knows the why, the spiritual impact. A successful first impressions team is always an equipped team, okay? Equip, an equipped team is one that has the ability to say yes to our guests, to listen to guests and not, uh, you know, guests are not always right, but they are always our guests, okay? So what I have found is we ask people to come, hey, serve in first impressions, and then half the time, they're in the lobbies and they're like, I have no idea what's going on. So I really can't answer any questions. I'm not real familiar with what's happening in the building right now. I mean, I know there's a bathroom there, sanctuary's there, donuts are there. What else do you need to know? We need to equip our people. A successful first impressions team is an equipped team. They need to know what's happening so they can answer basic questions. It should not be the norm for our team to say, uh, I don't know that answer, but I need to find Pastor Sarah. I mean, for some things, but for a lot of things, we need to equip our team so that they have the ability to say yes, to say, hey, I can help you with that. Okay, a, resor a resource team has the tools they need to be successful at what they do. If we encourage our team to leave things better than how they found them, then we better make sure that they're equipped to do so. So you come in with snowy boots through Minnesota and you track water all over the building and we see that that's a, a slip hazard. Well, instead of, again, looking for the custodian, we have some dry mops available. 
So hey, if you're in the lobbies and you see something, grab that dry mop. You should see our greeters. They're just the best moppers. We move around. It's really fun to the music, okay? Yeah, easily done, easily done. You've got people complaining that, that the worship is too loud. Have the earplugs available by the basketful and make sure your volunteers know where those are so they can help people. Someone comes through and says, hey, I'm struggling, I need prayer. Well, I gotta find the pastor. Do they need to find the pastor? Whew, you are equipped to do the work of the ministry and your prayers are powerful and effective and God is right here in that moment. You go for it, okay? Empower your team, equip your team. Make your best practices available. Put your team mission up on every wall, every place that they are, let them see it, let them read it, let them hear it. Make training documents available so that when a new person wants to join your team, you're not the one that's saying, okay, I gotta train you, I have to show you the things, I have to follow up with you. You don't have to do it all. Have things available so you can say, hey, you know what? You're doing such a great job at that door. I'm going to introduce you to so-and-so, and she's going to be with you today. Would you show her how we show people Jesus as an usher? Yeah, but that, those things don't just happen. It takes work and intentionality, and you have to empower, give away power to people, and equip people. It makes all the difference. Hold informative, fun team huddles. So if you bring your first impressions team on service day, you say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna rally together, make sure it's informative so they know what's happening. And then make sure it's full of purpose, it's pastoral, it's loving, and it's exciting. I've learned that what gets celebrated gets repeated. Give shout outs all day long. Sometimes in our team huddles, we're giving so many shout outs. I'm like, guys, we gotta, we gotta get out there and greet the people, but this is fun. We could stay here and just keep shouting people out. It's so encouraging and faith-building. Shout people out all day long. What gets celebrated gets repeated. I've also learned the value of feedback. Sometimes I feel like, you know what? I'm doing a really great job, and I'm killing it at this, and then come to find out I have blind spots, and it maybe wasn't a great experience like I thought it was. And so we've implemented as a team, hey, when someone joins a team and they're new, they go through an orientation, they shadow another member of the team on a Sunday. They have their first serve. And then after their second serve, we send them a survey and we say, how was it? And we're like, I hope it was great. But you know, we got sharp people in our churches. We got people that have a lot to, to add value to and we need to give them a chance to do that. And so we ask for feedback all the time. I think it comes down to this. Serving is a big part of our faith. To be a part of something bigger than ourselves but you know what, oftentimes we'll bring people on our teams and we'll ask them to serve. And then all of a sudden, a few Sundays go by and we're like, where'd they go? Ah, uh, they're flaky. Uh, and then you just like not even seeing them, like they're gone from the church. It's like, what happened? Sometimes we ask people to join and we don't take the time to equip and empower them. And when they go to take their team lanyard off at the end of their serving shift, they go, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, don't, I think there'd be a better use of my time. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it does. We need to empower and equip our teams. It truly does make all the difference. All right, we're coming near the end, and I just want to end with this. You guys have been so great. <clears throat> when you remember the why, <clears throat> you'll remember the way. In first impressions, in the area of hospitality in the church, show people Jesus in everything that you get to do.
we get to show the love of Jesus in every circumstance and in every situation, in the exciting ways and in the mundane ways, the sunny days in July and the sub-zero days in January and beyond. If you feel discouraged today, or maybe you're like, I don't know where to start, we need a, we need a reboot for our first impressions team, I'm going to tell you something right now. And this is something that someone told me when I first started in this work. They said, Sarah, you are going to need to have tenacious positivity. You're going to have to have some grit getting into this world because sometimes shifting church culture is hard. Let me scratch that. Shifting church culture is hard. And you're going to need to really get in there and have tenacity and you know the why, you know the importance, and that is how you move forward. And I'm telling you, sometimes when I've seen the biggest kind of glaring, like, oh, we need to change this, we need to move this, I need to, how do I, how do I change the inflexibility of this person that's been serving? And it's like they don't get the heart of it, and they, they won't, they're not listening, they're not the best first impression, what do I do? And the Lord has really been so gracious that as you have tenacious positivity, and you do the hard work of cultivating that heart of hospitality, people begin to want to be on your team. And instead of saying, I have to remove you, you just start to add more of what you want. And sometimes the addition takes care of the other. It becomes magnetic. People want to be a part of that when you understand the heart of it. Things that I like to hear my team say Sunday in and Sunday out is, it is my pleasure to serve you today. Listen, Chick-fil-A is not the only place that gets to use that, okay? We're using it in church. Also, we say, easily done. Easily done. I would love to do that for you today. We aim to leave things better than how we found them. We show people Jesus. Listen, there is a lot that I do not know. <laughs> it's been a hard couple of years in our world and for people, but there is one thing I do know the love of Jesus can transform a life. And there are people that are just trying to scrounge up enough courage to make it to church. They're like, I, ooh, I don't even know whom to sit with. I don't, I don't know what this is like. I, I don't know. I don't know. But they know they need something, and that's hope. And I'm telling you, those of us that are on the front lines, it is imperative. It is imperative that we understand the heart to say, I see you. I see the one. You look, about, look at Jesus. He comes upon a situation. He has the ability to see the one. Other people don't see it. We've got to ask God, give us eyes of compassion to see the one and help those walls to start coming down as they make their way in. I know that it's the goodness and the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. And we get to say, hey, I've experienced that. I mean, raise your hand in this room if you've experienced the goodness of the Lord. You've experienced it, and so we get to say, I have, and guess what? It's your turn, and it's my honor to give up my seat. You have my seat. I want you to experience God. It just, it's like, man, I, this is just the best kind of work. It's just so, so close to God's heart, and it's so important. So we'll kind of wrap things up, but I often think about the people in my life that I love dearly that are far away from the Lord. One example is my brother. He spent years of his life addicted to drugs. And I was living in Wisconsin at the time, and he was, he was here in the Twin Cities, and I remember praying, God, if by any chance you could get him to, to go to a church, 
I pray that the people wouldn't look at the outward appearance because he definitely wouldn't belong in any way. But I pray that he would encounter Christians that had a true heart of hospitality. And so I think about my brother who is now saved and whole and he's pastoring and it's a whole miracle. But I think about that. Think about the people in your life that you so desperately, you want them to know Jesus. And then we want to be that representation in our churches because my brother's name is Tyler and there are Tylers that come through our doors all the time and it takes intentionality and a ton of prayer to see them. So it's important. Okay, I've, I've, I've gone too long. You guys okay? Okay, good. All right, I'm, I, I'm good. I, I don't know if anyone has any questions or if, if you want to come back up, you do. Okay. It's a great question. It's a great question. We have different tiers. So we have our first group that come. Um, help me out, guys. Is it? Our coaches. 7.30. So, okay, so our 9 o'clock service, we have our volunteer coaches. They come at 7.30. And this is a team of people that help lead all of our volunteer teams for the morning. So whether it's the parking lot team, the lobby team, the sanctuary team, the coffee team, they come early and what they do is I say, hey, we're all set up and we're ready, but building readiness is like really important to me. You know, we want a clean building, we want a stocked building. And so these coaches, which they're in the room, love you guys. <laughs> They come early and we, we, we say, all right, now you guys get eyes on everything and make sure everything is in place. Do we have the right amount of buckets at that door to pass for offering? We didn't miscount, did we? Okay, so our, our kind of top level uh, volunteer leaders come at 7.30 and then our just general team comes 45 minutes before the service. So if we have a 9 a.m. service, we gather together at 8.15 and it's kind of three part. We rally together, we talk about the morning, hey, here's what's gonna happen. Uh, pastor's starting a sermon series called This. We're super excited, offering is gonna fall mid-service and sort of give like the practical flow. Uh, you have a handout at the door, things like that. We hand out signage to our greeters, you know, like happy Sunday, and we kind of equip people. And then also um, I shout out our coaches who are leading, and then after that we pray, and then our teams kind of break off for like a five minute mini huddle in their areas. And they know, all right, I'm going to door one, I'm going to door two, cool, cool. high five, and we head out. So about 45 minutes for like the general team. And we have coffee and donuts, obviously. Yes, ma'am. You also remind us of the mission every time. Every Listen, this is what I've learned. As, as, as leaders, if you're helping to lead a team, by the time you are like so sick of hearing yourself say the same thing, like you feel like I could vomit, I do not want to say this one more time, that is likely the moment that someone is grasping it for the first time. So if you have a team mission or your best practices and the things you want to keep in front of your team, you need to write it in your emails, you need to post it on the wall, and you need to say it in your team meetings. Keeping it, again, keeping it in front of the people because it's the purpose that drives us. Good question. Good comment. Yes. Well, my question is, is that, like, I know you're talking about the team, but, like, one thing we've seen in our church is that there tends to be sometimes, um, well, in our church, it's a couple of older people, but, you know, I've got, but there's lots of nice older people in our church, too, but there's a couple of them who, like, don't understand sometimes culture stuff. Like, someone comes in, they're wearing jeans with holes in them. Like, that's the look to 
And yeah. you know, just making comments like, oh, did they sell jeans like that? Or yep. they're coming 15 minutes late saying, you know, church starts at 10. Oof. And like, this is visitors. Yeah. So, you know, my husband is the lead pastor, and, you know, he's tried to kindly guide them in the right direction, but we kind of feel like, okay, five people could be really kind to them and greet them, but they're going to remember that one comment. Yeah. Like, yes. I'm not welcome here. And so I don't think that any advice on how to handle that. Or, yeah. You yeah. Know, because we just notice, it's like, I don't remember that. Yeah. Totally. We have people in our church that do the same. In fact, they say to me, Does the church not pay you enough to buy jeans without holes in them? And I said, I've just been praying so much that I got holes in them. Um, anyway, but uh, <laughs> I'm just holy like that, you know? Okay, but I don't, I don't have like a perfect answer, but I would say something I have learned, and it comes along with that tenacious positivity, is um, the temptation to like avoid those people or like, like say, oh, you know, it's just how they are, does a detriment to everyone around you. And so like as the leader, having really direct conversations, like I know in your mind that's funny, but it's actually offensive and it's not the kind of first impression we're giving. So if you could just, you know, keep the comments to yourself. And I know they'll likely keep doing it. There's been a lot of people on the team where I've had to keep arm around their shoulder, like, hey, let's chat on our way, you know? And um, I've learned as a leader, and I, it's an area I've grown in, is it doesn't pay off to ignore those. You, you're, you're showing your leadership and you're showing your team that, no, 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 that's not, we're temperature setters as a first impressions team, and that's not the temperature we're setting. So kind of direct conversations, and I'll have to, I, I do have to say there are some, and there are older saints who have been serving in first impressions, you know, for as long as I've been alive, and um, I think, you know what, if I have a direct conversation with them, we're going to lose them, and I'm going to offend them, and I have been surprised at how many have come around, and they're like, you know, fresh spirit, you know, like, okay, I can, I can choose a better way, so sometimes people will surprise you, but I hear you. I definitely. Basically, just to not let it slide, but just kind of keep consistently trying to remind them. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, people are different and they're late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, yes, that's good. Yes, please do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and it kind of speaks to like, um, if there are just like those couple of like nagging things, you know, if they will come to a team training, it's the overwhelming positive and the addition when they start to see that uh, that's the outlier now, that's not the norm. The norm is this like abundant radical hospitality. Sometimes it solves the problem, but you know, if, if they'll be willing to come around and be in those moments, that's a really, really good point. Training people. Excellent. Yes? So we've been trying to do this for a couple years, build this culture of the blind team, you know, the first impressions, but it seems like we are having such a hard time getting people to buy into it. Yeah. And they've served a bill from the huddles, or, yep. you know, just, we're just having a hard time getting people to fully buy into it, and it gets frustrating. So I don't know, like, I like the tenacious positivity, I love that, but yeah. any other yeah, I, yeah, I, I hear you. I don't know if this answers your question, but you know what? I've seen in churches people sort of like do it, throw the, the net out wide and do a big ask, you know, from the platform, like, we need greeters, you know? Like, come meet me at the table in the lobby. We need you. 
You know what is way more effective and what might help and takes a lot of work is to, for you as the leader and then also for your team to have these like I see in you conversations. You are gonna get people that are bought into the mission so much quicker if instead of making it like a big ask and hoping that we get 50 volunteers on this Sunday and then you have to be like, oh no, they're not bought in and they're flaky and they're not calling me back, is to say like, and this is something we've done, it's multiplication. I've asked my coaches, my top tier leaders at Emmanuel, we have about 21 of them, and we've said, hey, if each of you had an I see in you conversation with, I believe that the people that we need are sitting in the sanctuary. They're already here. They're already in our churches. They are. And some of them, I have been surprised where I have said, hey, you know what I've seen you? Honestly, like your smile just lights up the room. Have you ever considered serving on first impressions? And I've had people say, I've never had anyone ask me to serve at this church. Oh, I was like, I thought you'd say no. <laughs> cool. So sometimes just encouraging even, hey, if it feels like a lot for you as a leader to be like, I got to build this team to say, hey, each of us, if you know you got those that are built in, really bought in, say, would you be willing to have, in the next few weeks, have a, a conversation with someone and invite them, a personal invitation to the team? And I have found that those people, they've stuck and they've helped carry the culture like way more than I could on my own. Yes, five minutes, got it, yes. Um, I was gonna bring up, we have something called growth track. And so Sarah and others go in, and in that there's a, a survey of their talents and um, that ability. And so sometimes then there's the different things that they're open to join. And I think that can help too, because they, they, they've seen those attributes and oh, that fits first impressions, or that doesn't, right? That it just makes yeah. it healthier. Yeah, it's true, it's good. You first, okay, and then we'll come up. In our church to get people to help twice a year, they with the prayer requests and the offering envelopes that they hand out. Everyone gets handed a form that you just put in that says, "Where would you like to help?" If you have a great smile, would you like to read? <laughs> if you can sing, or if you can carry a tune in a bucket, <laughs> and you be or mow grass. If you're yep. good with that, we have a church garden. Everybody puts where they want to be. That's and cool. You get a lot more requests than you think because people. Well, I actually always wanted to, but nobody ever asked. So yeah. Yeah. Then we make calls, and we usually have enough. That's very cool. Would you be willing to share materials for a group to get started? Yes, thank you for asking. I forgot about that. Okay, we'll have to say there is a book that I read when I first started this job, and it is called Excellence Wins by Horst Schultz. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, CEO, co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton. Okay, so it's not necessarily like a book about the church, but he it, you know, leads the way in customer service, and um, it talks about those three things that people want and how to be excellent with people. So it's called Excellence Wins by Horst Schultz. That was a game changer. That was the very first book I read. I highly, highly recommend it. And then secondly, uh, a book called The Volunteer Effect. Um, that will really make you question your leadership and how you are with people um, and how to have a culture on your serving teams that people want to be a part of. And um, it's just incredible. So the volunteer effect, let me see who that's by. Mm -hmm. Jason Young and Jonathan Malm. It's a blue. blue. Those two I would recommend off the top. There's lots of good resources, but definitely those. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah.